Well, it's Friday. Welcome to Machine Learning. I, uh, I'm thinking about how the uh, world of uh, machines and uh, uh, complex algorithms have been changing the, uh, the, the fabric of our society and, uh, and how everything is moving towards efficiency. We're taking out things that uh, are wasteful and things are operating leaner and, uh, and uh, variety and diversity is increasing. But at the same time, we're still somewhat uh, not able to move beyond our silos. We, we, uh, we're not going cross-functionality and, uh, you know, groupthink. And even in the world of programming, where, you know, there's a lot of different uh, minds that are working on similar problems, it's interesting to see how... Uh, little cooperation still that occurs. And uh, I'm wondering as machines become more powerful uh, and uh, algorithms more complex and machines start writing more of their own code, if uh, the interaction experience between machine and man will uh, be more useful. So you could ask more, more questions uh, you'd have more data-driven analysis. And, uh, you know, and I think about a lot of the data that I've analyzed already in machine learning. Uh, a lot of it was set up, you know, to bring out certain features and to tell a certain story. You know, and that's why this these data sets have become popular is it's easy to see the, <clears throat> the segmentation of the of the behaviors in the group. And uh, so because of that, uh, you know, that, that kind of clustering or, you know, T-S-E-N, uh, where you can look at the dimensional reduction and kind of get an idea of, of what, uh, how the different groups are segmented or a KDE, uh, KDE plot to look at uh, densities or a joint plot um, to kind of get a a view of where different groups are are clustering is helpful to understand the behavior. And again, you know, behavior I think is the uh, end objective to machine learning. If seventy for five, if seventy percent of all machine learning is classification then what people are trying to understand is what class is this person in? Or what type of behavior can this person be grouped uh, who could explain their group behavior? Um, and so really when you look at ERP systems, they gather certain key information about the company, but they're really not gathering information like interest and satisfaction, some of the uh, key indicators of how people are feeling. It's not gathering that information. It's not gathering, uh, uh, you know, performance 
metrics to predict whether or not the person is, is a high performer. So the comparatives are not in the, in the ERP. Well, you'd say, well, that's because the ERP is not big enough. Well, yeah, you know, the ERPs have tens of thousands of tables and lots of analysis that went into it, very segmented, uh, lots of uh, presentations of what it can do. But in this, in the real sense, it's still a framework, you know, and you have to learn the framework and then you learn what different things, concepts mean, and then you apply that to your company. It overlays this generalized company and you morph your company into that generalized company. And, um, and then, you know, you have reporting for all the different types of, uh, of uh, behaviors that you have to, you have to report in accounting. Things like taxes or uh, payments or receivables. But when you, when, uh, just like I was talking about the way the world works, when it comes down to it, the world works on a ledger, receivables and payables. It's that simple. And, uh, and if your company is not getting more income in receivables than payables, then you're gonna go broke. You're gonna incur debt. So these are uh, some important features that ERPs, you know, they fill that need. Um, but it doesn't really give you an indication in your organization what's going on. You know, management's looking at key indicators, but you're not getting any social trending, you know, you're not getting any feel for, are people getting educated or are they learning new skills or are they getting recognized? You know, those are things that uh, the millennials have said that they want. They want more recognition, they want uh, more genuine work environments, and uh, they want to have more opportunities. And they are getting more opportunities in the sense that they're getting better educated, uh, they're very stable, they have lots of money, but they're not getting the recognition that they want. And that's because the systems are very large, they're very impersonal, and uh, you know, you never see your CEO. He never comes and shakes your hand or says happy birthday. I used to be in a company where every year the CEO would make it a point to come and uh, wish me a happy birthday or send me a card and let me know that I was an important member of that company. And I think that's uh, uh, that says a lot for the CEOs that I knew. And you know, I had a daughter that applied for a scholarship and she won it at the company. And, she had to write a, a paper and they had to read the paper and um, you know it was um, it was really good and um, and then uh, so that you know those type of recognitions they're not monetary recognitions you know I work for work for some companies where you got a good monetary recognition so maybe a six-figure you know salary or so and uh, and you could say, well, you know, that's a, that's a recognition is in your salary. You know, we pay you for, you're getting recognized for what we pay you. And, uh, but, uh, you know, we're not machines and it's hard to quantify uh, money and in terms of value. And, uh, 
And so, you know, the, the big ERP systems, they, they're lacking in that area. And, uh, you know, they were saying, uh, one stat was saying that um, some millennials were saying that maybe just $150 worth of recognition is all they really wanted. Just the company know that they're alive. You know, they're not so cognitive. They do play an important part, you know. They they are working in the pipelines that keep the company operational. Uh, they're giving the company visibility into the behaviors, you know. And and uh, but you know, ninety percent of that is questionable whether it even gets used. And so that usefulness is always in question. So there's a lot of movement. Uh, with the millennials, they're looking for newer opportunities, better possibilities where they can come in and, and make a difference for a company and then leave their mark. These are, these are interesting strategies that uh, are playing out right now and, uh, and will continue to. Uh, and I think we're moving into an era of aggression things are the warrior mentality is very strong and you know, I'm a part of uh, a lot of martial art uh, groups and you can see it you know the there's a strength there's a good vitality it's not all about violence you know it's not all about beating someone up but it's about the inner development the strength the ability to perform feats complex feats hard feats uh, endure great adversity overcoming adversity you know there a lot of these uh, practitioners are coming from very poor countries but from all over the world Africa China Europe see a lot from Africa and I'm very impressed you know as I uh, look at the different styles and and, uh, and their philosophies and, and watch their techniques and their effectiveness of their fighting and uh, and it tells me that the warrior mentality is here, that uh, we moved into kind of this red phase where the uh, things are aggressive, you know, they're vital, and, you know, there's a lot of confidence, and uh, and with that comes uh, good good behaviors and bad behaviors. Um, and you hope that uh, what you have is young men that are strong, confident, and uh, and that they will have families themselves and lots of children. And that's what you hope. And that's what I hope for my students as they practice, that they will become those type of men. But, uh, you know, that's all their choice. That's all their choice and preference. And, but the, the strength and confidence is, is a good factor. And I also to, uh, like to see how they have developed. You know, and I've, I've started a new group of white belts, and, and uh, you know, they're very uncertain and they're very, uh, you know, very timid about you know what they can do. And uh, but that transforms, you know, as over time they they get uh, more familiar and they're aware of what uh, what things can do and why things happen the way they do and they are more willing to try new things and I think that's where we're at is uh, 
you know, to take on these complex tasks, to, you know, interact with the machines and, uh, you know, deal with the complexity of the overall system, but to realize that everything is dynamic and changing and, and having good ways to analyze what you've already done and, uh, and to constantly be improving. I think that's a, that's where we are today. We're in kind of this healthy red. At the same time, we're seeing, you know, things that are disturbing, that are dark, you know. And, uh, and so, we, you know, we're not going to have that go away. That, you know, we can't control that. We can't, we didn't cause it, we didn't, can't control it. And uh, we really can't change it. You know, that's just going to be there. So we're going to, there's going to be more polarization to like types. Stick with like groups, and so the big sort's going to start occurring more, and so these group behaviors are going to be more prominent as time goes by. Um, so uh, these are exciting times with uh, interesting prospects, and uh, and uh, hopefully uh, you enjoy these podcasts, and you're thinking about machine learning and. You're doing your Python programming, and and uh, and you're helping uh, make a difference to help bring to attention to business people what's important and what's interesting. <laughs>